Welcome to the OTP, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans is like an extra set of pads. When you need them the most, they've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. From the 2022 NFL Combine, I'm Mike Keith, joined as always by Amy Wells, who has a lot of notes. I do have a lot she of notes. She has brought out the Combinder that says 2019 NFL I Combine. <laughs> There's I been know. a pandemic, Mike. You guys, we haven't been here in a while, and I just <laughs> grabbed my last combinder, and I changed everything inside. I did not change the outside title page. Okay. It is my fault, but the combinder is here, and we are here in Indianapolis, and it feels so good. Okay, quick note. So the combinder is a spiral notebook with all <laughs> of Amy's combine notes restaurants, places to go, articles. What all's in there? Oh, there's all kinds of stuff in here. It has all of our schedules that we could possibly need. It has lists of participants. It has everything. The key to the city. And it's the greatest pun in sports. It truly is. I know. And also, in <laughs> speaking of participants from Titans Radio, Rhett Bryan is here. I am thrilled to be at the Combine. Love this event. We are glad you're here. And most importantly, it's the mayor of Combine land himself. The venerable Dave McGinnis. Coach yes. Mack, how many dinners have you had so far? You had like four last night, right? <laughs> One dinner and a lot of stops on the road, going there and coming back. He goes <laughs> to see everybody. I mean, people make appointments like months in advance yes. for Coach Mack at the Combine. He's the mayor of everywhere, he is the, but especially Indianapolis. Of, he's the mayor of Combineville. But guess who I'm really happy to be with in the Combine? Y'all. Well, it is a good thing, and we are we are kicking off the combine with our first edition of the OTP. Let's dive right in. Who is the biggest story, or what is the biggest story of the 2022 NFL Combine? As we begin, you know, Mike, and I was talking a little bit about this this morning. Even I think it's the quarterbacks in the National Football League just who are currently with teams and may or may not be with other teams. I mean, let's think about all of the drama surrounding National Football League quarterbacks right now. We've got Lamar Jackson, who needs a new contract, is representing himself, has already turned one down from the Ravens. Is he going to take another one? What's he going to do? We don't know. Deshaun Watson, who needs a new home. Russell Wilson may or may not want a fresh start. Kyler Murray may or may not want a fresh start. God only knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz may or may not still be in Indianapolis. I mean, what is that, six already? Already. I mean, the amount of just drama around quarterbacks in this league right now is unbelievable to me. And that's such a key position because you can't start building an offense until you know who your main guy is going to be. So I think that there's a lot of questions that – need to be answered not only for the teams that have these guys. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz are available, those are two very different conversations well, for everybody else in the league. Let me stop you and add to what you're saying. Jimmy Garoppolo, mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, yeah, uh, kind of on and on and on. I mean, there's several more that seem to be in play in some sort of merry-go-round one way or the other. And that's not even talking about – the stories of the quarterbacks here in Indianapolis who are certainly, I would think, questioned as much as any group that we've seen since we've been coming here, Coach Mack, at least us. You've been coming here, obviously, 35 years, so you know better. But No, you're 100% right, and that's 
going to be what I'm going to dive into because this you've never we've never had a draft where there's not been a quintessential quarterback that everybody that needs one wants to move up to get or that people that are at the top of the draft need and are going, this is a slam dunk, this is who we're taking. This draft has got more questions starting out because who's going to be taken? Last year we had definitive quarterbacks that were in the top five that were taken, gone, and some you know were taken higher than others, but people moved up to get quarterbacks. And then the edge rushers, because these are the two positions in the draft every year. It's, it's who's throwing the ball and who can get to the people throwing the football. Last year it was quarterbacks, and then the edge rushers were pushed down in the draft because of it. This year it's going to be the exact opposite, Mike. Edge rushers are going to be up at the top of this draft, and the quarterbacks are going to be pushed down. It would not shock me if a quarterback did not get taken in the top ten. And that and, and there's a lot that's going to depend on what happens out here, and I'll answer some more of that later on. But the quarterback situation this year with incoming quarterbacks is the most jumbled it's been in a long time. Who or what is the biggest story of the 2022 NFL Combine, Rep Bryan? All right, it's not the hand size of the quarterbacks because we've just talked about the quarterbacks class is a little different than it's been in the, in the last few years. I think it's about the speed. I'm always about 40 times, and I'm going to say right now that a defensive back, a cornerback, will run the fastest 40 time of this combine, not a wide receiver. Calvin Austin, as we well know, two-time state champion at Tennessee in track and all different uh, events, is going to be one of the fastest guys here. But there's a couple of corners. There's some, first of all, there's track teams coming to this thing from Ohio State and Baylor. Kalon Barnes uh, is a kid from Baylor who is a two-time Texas high school track champion who will flirt with this. But there's a guy that I've got my eye on from the University of Texas, San Antonio, who, by the way, had their best year in their history of their football program. They won Conference USA. They went to a bowl game. Uh, they were undefeated for a while. Tariq Woolen, a converted wide receiver who's 6'4", 205, and two seasons ago converted to cornerback. He has a laser-timed 4'3", 4'40", and an 11-and-a-half-foot broad jump. He will be a big name in this that is probably been projected to be a day three guy that will be into night two in draft, maybe even second round. All right, Coach Mack, who or what is the biggest story of the 2022 NFL Combine? No, I think it's the, the quarterbacks, without a doubt. They still haven't got these quarterbacks sorted out. Uh, it, here's, here are the guys, and, and you went to the Senior Bowl, Mike, and you saw all of these guys in person, and in some inclement weather, they really never sorted anybody out down there, and you saw it. Matt Corral... Uh, and these aren't in any certain order. I'm, you know, Matt Corral was not there because he was ineligible to be there. But you got Kenny Pickett from Pitt. You got Sam Howell from North Carolina. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Malik Willis from Liberty. And then, if you want to get technical, you might put Carson Strong from Nevada in there, but you know, not really. Nobody has has, has stepped out from that group. The guy that I'm looking forward to watching here is Malik Willis. Because, you know, this guy has got tremendous, tremendous uh, gifts. When you watch him on tape, with Hugh Freeze's offense there, you don't see him throwing a lot in the middle of the field. There's not a whole lot of pattern read, middle of the field stuff. I mean, he throws a beautiful 
high moon ball takeoff, but that's Hugh Freeze's offense. That's what he ran there at, at, at Liberty. This guy, though, you go you, off of the read option, you don't see him do anything as far as reading routes and what's going on. He's a fabulous athlete. He will knock the top off of it here with the physical testing, with the running, the jumping. He's got a live arm. You saw him in person. You know what kind of arm he has. But to me, it's sorting out those other quarterbacks because you've got some quarterback, you know, to when Amy started off this podcast talking about quarterbacks questions in this league guys that are there well if somebody needs one or if if you need one to come in and start being groomed to me if Malik Willis goes somewhere he's better set to go somewhere and sit for a year much like Patrick Mahomes which people are comparing him to and when you watch him I mean he's got the he's got the most live arm of this group is he the most accomplished quarterback because we all know this, and for, for our OTP listeners, there are always two drafts, right? There's a quarterback draft, and then there's a positional draft. So to me, it's sorting out these quarterbacks. This will be another chance to do that. This won't be the final call. The school workouts will probably be the final call and the interviews. And, and especially, you know, you can put a lot of players on the board when you meet with them. But the guy, the quarterbacks are really important to get on a whiteboard to see if they can explain what's happening. And then what most teams do, what all the teams done that I've been with, is, is you, have get, you give them some of your playbook and then continue with the interview and then stop it and go back and let them try to regurgitate to you what, you know, what they've just been taught. So to me, it's sorting out the quarterbacks here at this combine. All right. So our friend Jim Wyatt, TennesseeTitans.com, at Jay Wyatt Sports, does something fun every week for Titans fans. He goes through and he compiles all of the Titans picks in the various mock drafts. So just for fun, and I'm going to let Amy go this first. This sounds like a game. No, no. It's and <laughs> you guys know how I feel I'm about games. I'm not saying this is who you're saying the Titans are going to pick. But of all of the mock drafts that you've seen and the players that have been put with the Tennessee Titans at number 26, which intrigues you the most, Amy, you start? I'm already switching the rules to this game. I'm not picking a specific person, but I will pick a specific position group. Okay. I am very intrigued by the idea of the Titans taking a wide receiver in at that 26. first spot. Yeah, in that first pick. I think that that is something that could have such immediate benefit and also a long-term benefit for the Tennessee Titans offense. And that is a very exciting thing. And when you look at this tour of the mocks... By the way, go to TennesseeTitans.com and you can find what Jim has put together for you, which saves you hours of work reading through every mock draft. That's why Jim White is your friend. Jim White is your friend. That was an excellent plug for him. He owes you $5 now? A little more. Okay, something like that. Anyway, (laughs) as you scroll through it, there are a lot of wide receivers who are on this list, and I think it's an exciting prospect for the Titans offense. I bet Rhett Bryan will give me one name. I bet he will play the game. Rep Bryan plays by the rules. He's Coach Mack rule. plays by the rules. He's a I don't rule do that. Follower. I don't like these games. All right, so Jim Wyatt's list of all of the mocks, which player who has been put with the Titans at number 26 intrigues you the most? Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks, 6'3", 225, 985 yards after the catch since 2020, 13 explosive plays or catches of 20-plus yards in 2021, long track speed, and only faced press coverage at just a little over 10% of his routes in the last two seasons at Arkansas. But in that, 
10% where he faced press coverage, 63 routes, 404 yards, 6.5 per catch, an average depth of 16.2 yards, and he's big, 6'3", 225, could be deployed like a Debo Samuel in the backfield if you needed him to do so. Coach Mack? Well, Rhett took my dude because, look, (laughs) and I don't mind going third. That's fine. You go third because you're the smartest. Yeah, well, that is way not true. To me, I'm going to go way off and say Tyler Linderbaum, the center. No no way he's there at 26, though, is he? Well, he was on the list. Okay, thank you. Sorry. (laughs) And his thought about edge pass rushers pushing things down, too. Yes. Man, he is a crazy athlete. Yes, he is. And 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 to me, and again, I you know this we know that our offensive line is going to be reconfigured, right, in some shape or fashion. So I'm going to go off way off on a limb and say, to me, this is this is maybe, and and, and I can't quite put him in this category. But you remember when when uh, Quentin Nelson came out and Indy, you know, jumped up and and grabbed that dude. So I'll go out on a limb and say that because Rhett took my guy, which is fine. I, I Rhett can do anything he wants. All right, so I got two things for you here, Coach. First of all, let's say the Titans re-signed Ben Jones. He ain't coming back to be on the bench. He's going to be the starting center no. if he's re-signed. Could Tyler Linderbaum play guard? Yeah, I wouldn't take Tyler Linderbaum if Ben Jones is coming back. I would wait okay. because if we want to talk about strength of this draft, the strength of this draft in the guts of the draft, which is which is day two on on to the you know the middle of day three, is offensive lineman. Edge rushers, okay. Wide receivers, corners. That's the way. It, that, that's the way it, it comes out this year. The the least the least amount of guys I think that will be taken this year when you look at it are interior defensive linemen. Okay. And so anyway. All right. So let me go back to wide receivers for just a second. Amy touched on the group. Rhett took the Arkansas kid, who's going to be probably one of the stars of everything going on here in Indianapolis. At 26, do the Titans find somebody, in your opinion, of how this draft will flow? Can they find somebody that could help this team in 2022? Absolutely. Okay. Answer is absolutely yes. Does it change your calculus if you're John Robinson because you don't have a second-round pick with what you might do as far as a wide receiver at 26? Well, let me answer this like this. He doesn't have a second-round pick yet. Right. Yeah, yet. And so, it, see, because we pick 26, and then if nothing else happens, we pick at 90. Right. That's a big gap. And always when you're going into the draft and you're, putting, you're, you're setting your board, you know, that Rhett and I will set our board here in the next month, and when, you're, when you look at the draft, you're always looking at gaps. And when you start to look at gaps, then you start to look at the way your board is set horizontally and vertically. So that's a big gap, Mike. And so I'm not sure that he will sit there again. I don't talk to John Robinson about his plans. He doesn't, you know, have to tell me anything. But just looking at that gap from 26 to 90, I'm not sure he'll sit there and do that. Does the quarterback uncertainty help him from the standpoint that you may get to 26? One or two or three of those quarterbacks might still be on the board at 26. Somebody might come up and want them. Well, uh, yes, because I don't think the Titans are taking a quarterback at 26. No, no, absolutely not. They will not. They will not do that. But the scenario that you put forth with that, that absolutely could happen. And I think he will. He and his group in the in you know they, they'll already start. They'll start some of that here. They'll start 
chum in the waters with some of that here. You know, the if I had been allowed to play your game about the guy that intrigues me the most, it's a wide receiver. Um, it's Jamison Williams from Alabama. And, and Jamison Williams, I know he had the knee injury in the Georgia game, but man, can he run. And guys come back from ACLs and can still run just as fast. And there's no way he lasts until 26 if he doesn't get hurt. Oh, absolutely not. No Mike. chance. I mean, this is this is a guy who comes from a track family, Rhett. You're talking about track. I, I mean, he might have run in Chris Johnson territory. Let me say this about him, just in what I hear and talking to people about him, because, you know, clearly the medical is a huge part of what sure. goes on here in Indianapolis. The word I get is that medically it's a clean ACL which means that was it. It affected nothing else. You know, there's different ACL injuries. Some affect some of the other right. tendons. Some of, you know, it's a clean ACL. And so to me, yeah, he's not going to last because, as you say, he's got, he's got unusual. He's not only got unusual speed, he's got instant speed. A lot of guys, some guys are build up. This guy's an instant, and he's, and he's an in-and-out-of-cut guy. Rhett was right, though, about the speed here. I mean, the Olave kid from, from Ohio State, I mean, it's smooth as smooth can be. I mean, there's going to be some choices there. But I agree with you, Mike. This guy's an elite talent, an elite talent. And with a clean ACL, somebody will jump him. But is he a reclamation project? Clean ACL. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a doctor. You've got, so you a defensive, have to wait on him. you've got a defensive tackle playing right now for uh, the Tennessee Titans that you waited on until 19. That, who that, never would have been there at 19. That, That's true. That, that, and who ended up same. playing seven or eight games his rookie year right? from uh, an ACL. Now, right. you're talking about a defensive lineman and you're talking about a wide receiver, but just the fact that – and what Mike is saying is, is – and, and you know this too, Amy, is that – what they can do now medically with ACLs, not only the surgery, which is all you know, arthroscopic, but the rehab. The rehab is so far advanced than what it used to be. All right, so I want to bring up something Daniel Jeremiah put out that I thought was really fascinating because obviously offensive line is going to end up being a focus of this offseason for the Tennessee Titans due to who's available with free agency. We mentioned Ben Jones is up. We know David Questenberry's up. There's talk about others with the salary cap. So listen to this stat. Offensive line starters for the last five Super Bowl winners, where have they come from? So we're talking about 25 players, five on each team. Three of the 25 were picked in the first round. Four of the 25 were picked in the second day of the draft, either rounds two or round three. Seven of the 25 were picked on day three. One of the 25 was an undrafted free agent coming out of college. And then 10 of the 25 were either veteran free agents or obtained by trade. So in essence, when you hear Daniel Jeremiah's stat, Dave McGinnis, what does that tell you? That, 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 that position right there is different than a lot of others for this reason. Offensive linemen, you can look at them individually – but they are really a real herd group, a real herd group. And you can assemble, if you can assemble guys that have three traits, first of all, availability, durability, and then the ability to move into a selfless group and buy in really quick, you can get them from anywhere. 
And and most of the offensive lines that you look at through, and I love this that you brought up with him, you don't have to take people in the first round as offensive linemen to be able to have a competent run offense and a competent pass protection offense. And here's the other thing. Offensive linemen take time to develop in this league. It's so much different. Now, most of them are playing from two-point stances in colleges. Most of them are playing from, from staggered stances. There's not, very, there's not very many of them that are pass protecting for very long because everything that's RPO, it's coming out so quick. And there's very few teams, especially in the South, that are running any type of a power run game any type of a power run game. And so, you know, coming out of a three-point stance and being able to, to work up, you know, to, to the second level and those types of things, you have to learn that. You have to learn that. And so there's a period of time to adjust. And so that doesn't shock me at all. It really doesn't. Because I think the days of, of expecting somebody to come in and be ready-made, all right, you have some of them. And we had some offensive linemen last year. You know, the Tristan Wirfs kid, you know, that, that, that we like, you know, our – Titans radio draft, you know, last year. He went in and was able to, you know, start immediately, but he had struggles early on. It's just, it's a position that takes a little bit of time, and a lot of it is because of what's going on with where they are playing. Not their fault, but that's, it, it, they're asked to do different things with different techniques. I think if you can get some guys in free agency, I mean, three of the five starters for the Tennessee Titans last year were guys who we got through free agency, Ben Jones, Roger Saffold, Questenberry, all guys who we were pulling in from other places, and they found their fit here with the Tennessee Titans. I think it makes free agency a lot more exciting, and I think that if the Titans are able to add some guys through that portion of the offseason, it then frees them up in the draft to do some other things, if that's the direction that John Robinson decides to go. I think this is a very interesting interesting stat just overall. If he decides to pick offensive linemen in this draft, though, to put the exclamation point on what you're saying, Mike, and what you're saying, Mac, in it being a strength of this draft, 324 invitees to this combine, 58 of them are offensive linemen, the most since 2013. That tells you where we are with the strength in this draft and what you can do. So you can get them on day three. You can you're going to be able to get strength on day three. You just that 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 is where the evaluation comes in, and it's not and 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 boards are going to look different, Mike, because somebody that might come in and fit with an outside zone scheme like the Titans, you know, have run, or somebody that fits in a power gap scheme. So your boards are going to look different. But to both of your points, there are going to be players that will be viable there. I mean. You were at the Senior Bowl. You saw some of those guys jump up, you know, that, that all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at players from Chattanooga. You're looking at players. You go, whoa, this guy's looks legitimate. Sure. So. Yeah, good stuff. You're talking about Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Yes. And Trevor Pennig from Northern Iowa, who everybody's going crazy about right now, projects by everybody's a first-round pick. One of the names that I think you will hear a lot here in Indianapolis is Zion Johnson. And Zion Johnson, if you're not familiar with him, is from Boston College, one of the most interesting stories of the draft, slightly under 6'3", 314 pounds. Coach Mack would say he has great lowers. If you see his legs, 
you understand how he can drive people. This is a guy who's a fascinating story. Began his high school athletics career realistically as a golfer. Finally went out for football, got no interest, ended up at Davidson, took a chance on himself, transferred to Boston College, and now he is one of the showstoppers of this draft. And let us let you hear his interview with us from the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl, and you will understand why Zion Johnson figures to blow everybody away, not just on the field, but in his interview. Zion Johnson, one of the top offensive linemen in the draft this year. I've got to know, you're Davidson. Good school. Play nice football. Things are going well. Takes a lot of guts to walk away from there and go to Boston College. What led you to do that? I would say uh, a lot of people may or may not know this, but Davidson College doesn't offer athletic scholarships. So for me, I wanted to try to go somewhere, you know, whether it was higher SES or you know, maybe if I had the opportunity to go to an FBS school to go somewhere, I would go on scholarship. But when I went in the portal, you know, I was actually surprised. I got a lot more interest than I thought I would. You know, one of the schools I thought about going was South Dakota State. But, you know, I looked at Boston College. I had the connection with the coach there, Phil Troutwine. You know, he coached me. Uh, he recruited me to Davidson and they're a great academic institution. So, you know, for me, it was a no brainer at that point. You're still a Davidson guy at heart, too, and a Boston College guy. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So when you go to BC, the development and everything, where was there a year? Was there a time? where Was there a moment where things really took off where you said, hey, I can really, really do this? Well, my outlook going in is, you know, I, I felt like a lot of people expected me to, you know, redshirt the year, develop, but... For me, I wanted to go in there. I wanted to play. You know, I, I felt like I had that opportunity and wanted to do that. So I came in there in the spring. You know, I had to submit a waiver to play because this was before you had one year to transfer. You have your eligibility. So I went in, um, developed throughout the spring. I think I played right tackle, you know, a position I never played before. You know, I was on the two deep. Um, and once my waiver was accepted, they moved me to left guard. And I started competing with the left guard there. It was a fifth-year senior. So we rotated all throughout the first six games of the season. And then I finally got the opportunity to start you know, seven games in. What is it about you athletically that makes you an effective offensive lineman? I mean, I think one important thing for offensive linemen is you need to be able to anchor in the pass. Uh, you need to be able to sit on bull rushes and you know stop penetration. I think I do that fairly well. Playing tackle. I mean, you're not the tallest guy in the world. And you certainly project in the NFL as an interior guy. How much does it help you, though, in this whole experience that you have played tackle on both sides? Oh, ab absolutely. It helped me a lot. Um, you know, at tackle, you have a lot more opportunities to block very athletic defensive ends in space. And that's something when you move back inside, you know, it really helps you in your pass protection. You know, you get that experience being isolated, you know, being one on one with good players. So you move back inside, you know, it, it kind of feels more natural pass protection snap very naturally is that something you've done much in your career not really it's something that i've uh, been focusing on though you know i've done a lot of under center work at boston boston college i played center in the spring game pretty much primarily under center but i've been working the gun snaps in the off season trying to get better at that facet of my game feel like a center from your mentality meaning a guy that can handle a big 
guy on top of you and run the whole show. Do you like that aspect of it potentially? I do like that aspect. I mean, you know, of course I like playing guard, but also, you know, I, I like to say I'm I'm very immense player. You know, I like the X's and O's. I like learning about defenses and the offense and having control of the show, getting to point the IDs and, you know, say where the protection's going. That's really a, a part of playing center. That's really enticing. I like <laughs> What's the most important thing that the NFL team that drafts you should know that they are getting in Zion Johnson? Well, I would say I'm a reliable guy. I'm someone who, you know, you can count on to know their assignment. Um, a guy you can count on to do the right things outside of the facility and inside the facility. And, you know, along with that, I'm a guy that's for the team. You know, I'm someone who, you know, if you want to play anywhere on the offensive line, I'll play it. And, you know. Uh, I want to I win. I want to go somewhere that with guys that want to win and that are hard workers. Coach Mack, impressive, impressive guy, Zion Johnson. Let me t start off with what was impressive was your interview with him. And, you know, when you sent me that, I mean, I'm serious. You drew some things out of him. He, he I mean, he's a fascinating guy. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, as, as, a, as a human being, mm -hmm. when you just and, – and that was – that's the plus of you going down there. I mean, that, that, that was valuable. I, I'm very impressed with him. And then when you really start to watch him and study him, you talk about his lowers. And, and plus, he switched positions there at the Senior Bowl just to see if he could do it. And he not only was able to do it, you know, because I watched the Senior Bowl. They, they, the ESPN2 and ESPNU did a nice job of televising all of those practices. But when you watch him, he got better every day at snapping the football and being able to come off and do things. So this is a fascinating guy. I love the interview, and it's, it's, it was very good. All right, let's hit a couple other things before we wrap up this edition of the OTP from Indianapolis. We know the Hall of Fame game on August 4th, Jacksonville against Las Vegas. Uh, Tony Baselli representing the Jaguars, the first ever Jag to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Two former Raiders, one lesser known as a Raider, Richard Seymour, known more as a Patriot, but he did play four mm -hmm. years in Oakland, and then the great Cliff Branch. I, I couldn't believe Cliff Branch. There, there are always guys you say, he's not in the Hall of Fame? Cliff Branch, 15 years that Al Davis speed you love. Could run, run. Run, run. He would make you back up and continue to back up. He was, he was, he was scary I'm, and well-deserved. All right, so we know that Tampa Bay is going to play in Germany. They are going to give up a home game to play in Germany. We don't know their opponent yet. We know that Arizona is going to play in Mexico City, and we don't know who they're going to play yet. The three London home teams we know – New Orleans, Jacksonville, as per usual, and Green Bay. Interesting. Interesting from the standpoint that the Titans have road games at Jacksonville, as they always do. So that game could be moved to London, theoretically. But, Rhett, Tennessee, Green Bay in London makes a lot of sense from the standpoint that the Packers are giving up their ninth home game next year in terms of regular season because the NFC has the ninth home game in the rotation. They are giving that up, but there's a lot of speculation that Tennessee might be on that list to play in London again. Mike Vrabel, Matt LaFleur, we know the history there. And if this is later in the year, that's better for all of us because we're not going to Green Bay in December. But, yeah, that would, that would be awesome. Now, 
Question for you, all three of those London games, are they at Tottenham Hotspur now? I think they're two of them at Tottenham. Okay. Yep. The uh, the Tampa Bay thing, I think they're playing the Chiefs, Mike. Really? I think so. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know any German words, or I would say Guten something Tag. in German. I would love to have gotten that game. Well, you still might at some point, Mike. But not this I think year. that this is here to stay. Are you stay. ready to go back to London? I am ready to go to London. I had a great time when we went. It was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had just as a human. I mean, the amount of people we were able to meet, the things that we were able to do, holy smokes, it was so much fun. I would love to go back, and I would make a vacation out of it. I might stay for a while. Cheerio, folks. No, you won't. You've got to come back and do all our shows and our podcasts. You have, oh, you have two podcasts. You have two radio shows. I'm doing shows. it virtual. It's 2022. That's not happening. I'm doing it Obligations. Zoom. Obligations. That's sad. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the OTP. And by the way, can we request OTP cues from fans? Oh, Mike, I would love that. Yes. Send While in. While we're here in Indianapolis. Yeah, send in your combine OTP cues, TennesseeTitans.com slash OTPQ, or you can just tweet them at Titans, Amy, A-M-I-E. I will receive them and we'll put them together and we'll do a little combine OTPQ Are you sesh. going to tweet out a picture of the combinder so the OT people can see it? <laughs> yeah, but I might Photoshop it to have the correct date. This is embarrassing. Why don't I mark it out? <laughs> Sharpie <laughs> through it. Sharpie through it. It's my favorite thing, and I just grabbed the binder, and I was like, yep, this is it. Let's go. And then I ran out of time. I like <laughs> Ashley's idea that you just put 2019 and put plus three. <laughs> That's a great idea. By That's well played. Yeah, well, it's still functional. All right, so at Titans Amy is how you follow Amy Wells. Again, how do you send in an OTPQ? TennesseeTitans.com slash OTPQ. Rhett Bryan, how do people follow you on the Twitter machine? At Rhett B. Tennessee. And we remind you that our program, the official Titans podcast, is presented by our friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Turn to the folks who've been in the game since 1947. That's 75 years. Farm Bureau Health Plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag you can afford. Coach Mack, how many lunches and dinners are you having today at the Combine? Well, I'll have several meetups. Several meetups. Several. How many interviews are you doing? Here. Yes, sir. Probably five or six, and i got a couple on the phone. He's a very busy man. He's a very busy man. He is the mayor of the combine. Just bring us some, like, a little doggy bag from you, these dinners. You want me to go to uh, uh, Steak and Shake and bring you lunch. That's steak you and want. Shake will happen yeah, today. Yeah, a couple times. It will happen today. A <laughs> couple times. No question about it. For Coach Dave McGinnis, for Rhett Bryan, for Amy Wells, for Ashley Farrell, and for Jack Mummers, I'm Mike Keith. From the combine in Indianapolis, this is your OTP.